the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, and later we reflect on the life and legacy of Carrie Lattimore. You're listening to The Common Good. Welcome to the Common Good on this Wednesday afternoon. As Brian always likes to say, Hope Day. But what you will find very entertaining behind the scenes is that today I am not joined by my regular uh, guest or my regular co-host, Brian McNeil. <laughs> what is going on with me today? Catherine, I'm stuck. Okay, people, I speak for a living. But it is Wednesday. It's hump day. So my brain is a little adult. Let's start over. My name's Aubrey Sampson. I am joined by my special guest co-host, Catherine McNeil. Woo. Okay, here's the background. What I was trying to say, though, um, Brian likes to say hump day every Wednesday or make me say it. But Catherine's not a fan no, of hump day. I'm never and going so to say that phrase. She's never going to say it. And there's a secret sort of like a, a rivalry, maybe. I don't know. That might be too strong of a word or might not be strong enough of a word. <laughs> Brian is very has feelings about Catherine not saying hump day. <laughs> but this is the first I'm hearing about this rivalry. Yeah, this is the first so, Catherine knows about it. I think yeah, it's maybe but it's a whole thing. I think it's a grudge that Brian holds against me. And you know, it, yeah. How yeah. can you blame him? You know, you and I yeah. are just such shining stars here on the radio. So He's just jealous. Yeah, I think we're, so. Later on in the show, we're going to do something we like to call grinds my gears or we just vent about petty <laughs> things. And I feel like in the future, Brian's venting about Catherine not saying hump could, day. I think that's today. Could we vent about that phrase that I'm not even going to say? <laughs> <laughs> because it grinds my gears, Aubrey. We can definitely, we can definitely vent about that. Abs- absolutely. Well, welcome everybody to the Common Good on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, apparently, we've got some fun energy today, but we're actually going to talk about a couple of heavy things this morning. Oh. Cal- California and our own state of Illinois has declared a state of emergency over the monkeypox outbreak. Um, and I, I haven't read the latest stats today, Catherine, but what are your thoughts about that? Well, that is a downer. I would rather go back to laughing yeah. uh, like we were right. a second Let's ago. Talk about hump day um, instead. Yeah. You know, this is, I actually don't know that much about it. I looked yeah. into it really early on when everybody was sort of becoming panicked but there wasn't really any information and Mm -hmm. you know that's not really how I roll it struck me as not something I needed to be very worried about and then I just sort of stopped thinking about it but yeah yeah uh once Illinois declared a state of emergency I did say to myself do I need to take another look at this do I need to update Mm. my information yeah but I haven't yeah. So. Uh, if you go over to USA Today, you can actually kind of look at the monkeypox outbreak and confirmed cases in each state. Um, so that's a little bit helpful to, you know, to give people who are interested the kind of uh, information that they want. The U.S. reported more than 6,300 confirmed hmm. cases just yesterday Ugh. and highly, highly populated states. You can guess like New York, California, Illinois, kind of leading the leading the case number there. Um, and then, like I said, Monday, um, J.B. Pritzker declared an outbreak, declared the outbreak a public health emergency 
continuing to work with the federal government. Um, it, it does seem like at least what people uh, are saying right now, what scientists are saying right now, is this is more of a risk in the LGBTQ community. Hello. Although what I am seeing is I saw a case of a one-year-old child. I saw that um, too. In California with that. So I don't know. I I think what we don't want to do is is start like rising up in fear as if we're headed right. back into kind right. of a COVID pandemic state. Like I worry that the media is going to do that to us. So I think let's, let's ground our feet in science and in learning oh, and always. study the cases yes, and, you know, do the best we can. All right. So some other, um, some other kind of heavy news that I, I don't know, Catherine, I'm feeling curious uh, if you guys are feeling this reports are showing that more Americans are living uh, paycheck to paycheck mm. More than ever, inflation has been causing economic hardship for workers across all income levels. As of June, 61% of Americans, so that's 157 million adults uh, or so, were living paycheck to paycheck, which I think a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck anyway. But a year ago, the number of adults uh, who stretched too thin was 55%. Even top earners who've been struggling to make ends meet, the report found, of those earning $200,000 or more, 36% 36% reported living paycheck to paycheck, a jump from the previous month. You shared an article with me that uh, uh, credit card debt yes. mm-hmm. has gone up quite a bit as a result of the inflation, which is understandable because if you can't pay, can't pay your bills, you can't pay for car repairs, you can't pay for some medical costs, you sort of turn to your credit card is like yeah the way to get by i I have no other option you know and nobody wants to do that i don't think anybody really wants to stack up unnecessary credit card debt but i mean i don't need you to go into your personal finances (laughs) for us Catherine. but like are you guys feeling this pinch and are you making any changes because of it yeah i think so you know i we i felt like our buying patterns go kind of seasonally we uh Mm -hmm. i'm i'm very aware that next week i'm taking my kids to Target and whatever other store I need to take them to and buy all the school supplies and get new yeah. shoes and make sure that they have yeah. clothes. Uh, right. And I am I'm I'm feeling that like I know about yeah. how much that costs normally. And it is a it's a heavy price because yeah. I've got three kids um, yeah. who have inevitably outgrown all the clothes that they wore the last time school was in session. Right. Um, right. How much is that going to cost now? And Ooh. I also feel it at the gas pump. Um and that's obviously something that I share with literally everyone around the world. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I am very aware of, of when my car is on and when I can turn it off. How about you? When uh, are you feeling yes. it? <laughs> I mean, even yesterday I need <laughs> yesterday I needed to get gas to um get home. To get from <laughs> Yeah, to get somewhere. You know, it wasn't like I wasn't going on a special trip. I just needed to I, take my kids somewhere. Uh-huh. And I was like calculating, you ha- we have a monthly budget and we have line items for gas, of course. And I'm like pulling it up, looking at it going, how, okay, how much do we have left for gas this oh. pay period? How much could I, and I, I literally put $15 in the tank, oh. which barely got me any gas. I mean, maybe a quarter of a tank. And it, it felt kind of like, oh, I'm in high school again and I can barely, you know, get by right. like going fr- friend's house to friend's house with my like $10 a week. But uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I think all of us are feeling the feeling the pinch right now grocery costs have come up uh gone up you and i were talking about seems like medical costs have gone up as well so it people are feeling tight later on in the um show we're going to talk about habits of millionaires which i know sounds a little funny because most of us listening most of us in the world are not millionaires but see if there's some habits we can learn from okay but how are how are you guys um kind of 
coping and holding on during this rough patch? Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have amazing advice to offer the listener. Yeah. Uh, sterling ways that they can be more like me. But we do always try to track how much money we're earning, how much money we mm-hmm. anticipate spending, and then how much money yeah. we actually spend. And that's yeah. a practice that we've had since we first got married almost 20 years ago. So it's a good habit yeah. for us. And it's nice because we don't get surprised at the end of the month when we realize Mm -hmm. we're in the hole or we don't have enough for this thing we really can't not spend like our electricity bill or the mortgage your mortgage Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess we're just keeping our spreadsheet really well up to date i guess is how we're getting through this and you know when it comes down to it There are a lot of people, I know many of them personally, and I've been there myself, who genuinely are struggling to survive, but Mm -hmm. I don't need to go to Starbucks and I don't, Aubrey, hold on to your seats. I don't have (gasps) to go to TJ Maxx. Oh, it's so terrible, but you're right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not saying everyone is making those decisions. A lot of people are making much harder decisions. Much more sacrificial, difficult decisions. Yeah, it's so true. So I think that's a general good word. If you're not a budget person, it's probably time to start a budget. You can do it on a spreadsheet like Catherine does. I do an Excel spreadsheet as well, where we just are tracking everything. Mm-hmm. And there's apps for that, obviously. Yes. But I think that's a good way to do some due diligence and, and not be surprised um, while we're all feeling the, the hard, hard pinch of inflation. We are thrilled to be joined by Shamala. Wijay Akuma. She's from Rahab's Daughters, which is an incredible organization committed to fighting human trafficking. They have an event coming up on August 20th. We want to tell you more about that and tell you more about the ministry of Rahab's Daughters. So um, you told us off air, Sharmila, that people call you Sam. So Sam, welcome to the Common Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really good to be here. I know you've been on the show before and we always love having you, but for our listeners who may have uh, missed hearing from you in the past, can you tell us a little bit about your story and then how you got connected to Rahab's Daughters? Because I know it's a personal one. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a survivor of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. I was 16 when it happened to me. Um, I was a kid who really much preferred books to sort of any sort of social Mm -hmm. interaction. So you can imagine that I was bullied mercilessly Mm. and I actually tried to commit suicide and I had an unsuccessful attempted suicide after which I was like, well, I can't even die. Right. So I really just, so I decided to run away from home because I couldn't figure out what else to do. Mm. And um, I ended up getting a job like within the first 24 hours at a, what I thought was a nightclub turned mm. out it was a brothel. Ugh. And at the end of the mm. first night that I worked the till, they asked me to come upstairs because the take on the till wasn't right. And I didn't see the light of day for quite some time. Oh, my goodness. Shamala. Oh. And um, everything that you can imagine and then some um, happened to me. And it was actually one of my customers that helped me escape the first time. Wow. Um, once he realized I didn't want to be there, he wanted to help me. Mm. But uh, by that point, I was so very broken yeah. that um, I didn't really just didn't think I was good for anything. Mm. And I let myself be trafficked a few more times. So I then tried to get a, a regular job and I got one selling encyclopedias door to door. Can you see where this is going? Mm. 
also ended up labor trafficked because, you know, yeah. they move us around the country, different city every day. They house us and feed us, but no pay. Wow. And so, um, you know, from there, I ended up back in sex trafficking and um, finally got out, having been beaten within an inch of my mm. life. I was unrecognizable. My cheekbone was shattered. My eye was hanging out. Mm. But, you know, God is good. And the church actually mm. hid me. Wow. wow. And for quite a while, like over a year, they passed me around to different families. Mm. They took care of me. They gave me treatment. I couldn't have anything in my name because mm -hmm. obviously right. um, my trafficker was looking for me. Right. So it took, it was a long road to healing. Um, mm. And I'm very, very blessed to have, you know, been out now for almost 25 wow. years. Wow. And um, very, very blessed. But I probably about 10 years after getting out, wanted to do something and just felt God prompting me you know, when he tells you to do something, you want to run in the other direction. Mm, yes, yes. I'm sure none of you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to run the other direction, do everything from behind the scenes. Um, I'm a I'm in software for my day job, and I'm actually presently getting my PhD in, wow. in data science. Good for so, you. Um, Really like things behind the scenes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Love to mm -hmm. play with data yeah. and numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I first started working to stop child trafficking in um, 13 Spanish-speaking countries wow. um, while I was in Spain, thanks to Foundation Accenture and Foundation Telefonica. But um, I came back to the States in 2011 um, and just was appalled at how few services were available for survivors of human mm. trafficking. Mm. And that led my husband and I to found uh, Rahab's Daughters mm. because they're just, at the time, there were like 18 beds in the entire state to help rehabilitate wow. human trafficking wow. victims. Wow. And we were at that time number five on the list of cities that had the most human trafficking. We've mm. thankfully moved down to number 11. We still have some work to do, yeah. but wow. thankfully, you know, there's been improvement for sure. Wow. Um, so that's kind of how Rehab Starters came about. And we now run a 24-7 hotline. We're a faith-based organization, so they don't, you know, have to worry about um, really much of anything except getting well. So we do our best to provide curriculum that helps folks to forgive themselves, forgive the traffickers and wow. figure out how to move forward into a new life. So, um, and we do a lot of prevention and education work because if we can stop the demand, the supply won't be necessary. Right. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. It's definitely a multifaceted thing. Wow. But on average in a year, we, serve about a hundred women and children, um, to help assist them get out. Mm. Um, we specialize in women with children and women with pets because there's very few options mm. for them. Mm. Um, and also folks who are sort of over 30 because there's lots of housing for mm. sort of that 18 to 30. Okay. But after that, very, very That's few. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible.
So this is, man, I think I could just listen to you talk about this all day and mm-hmm. it's so heartbreaking and it's such important work and I have about a million questions, but uh, <laughs> I'm aware that your, uh, that Rahab's Daughters is having an annual gala uh, coming up later this month, August 20th, I believe. Can you tell me mm-hmm. a little bit more about yes. that and if any of our listeners are hoping to attend or to donate, how could they, how could they find out more about your event? So if they go to our website, www.rahabsdaughters.org, they can find all the information that they need. It's on our events page. There's also a page dedicated to it. And we, you know, are looking for folks to come along. Uh, We have VIP tickets. We have, it's going to be at the Renaissance in Schaumburg at the Mm -hmm. convention center. So um, beautiful venue. And also, if you're anywhere else and you want to attend virtually, we have virtual tickets. So it's going to be a hybrid event this Great. year. And we're really looking forward to seeing everybody um, either virtually or in person. Um, the event will have actually a panel of human trafficking experts mm. who will be talking about oh, that's great. what's happening. Um, and Jewel Hillary is emceeing this year and we um have you know quite a wonderful set of folks coming out to educate and we also have an amazing dj who'll be teaching dancing as well so you can Hmm. come out and learn the two-step and have some fun so it's it's not all serious (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, that sounds fantastic. Again, the Rahab's Daughters Gala is on August 20th. You can find out more at their website, rahabsdaughters.org. Shamala, it's been incredible to hear part of your story, and we can't wait to find out more at the event. Can't wait to have you on again. Thanks so much for all the good, good work that you're doing, and thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Catherine, um, earlier this week, we talked about the passing of Ron Sider, yes. who was um, the author of Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger, really influential uh, around Wheaton College, where you mm-hmm. and I were, influential around the world, really, an evangelical who pushed for social action. And uh, we lost another evangelical hero, Carrie Latimer the Fourth. Yes. He was a historian who held up black Christians' unshakable faith. Mm. And he died Tuesday um, at the age of 46. Yeah. You know, that shocked me because yeah. I'm not going to say on air how old I am, but that is very close to the number of years yeah. that I yeah. am. Yeah. And wow. Do you know what happened? So apparently I, I, I'm, I had to, I had to look up on Christianity today to, to find out what happened. It, what people are saying is just that they're shocked by the news hmm, of his death. Okay. So not- I'm not exactly sure if they've released what the cause of death yet, mm-hmm. but, um, if you're not familiar with Carrie Lattimore, he was a beloved professor at Trinity university. You can read about him yes. at Christianity today, uh, Trinity in San Antonio, not the one here in the Deerfield area. He taught on the African-American experience, apparently very beloved by students. He was on local TV a lot. He started a civil rights institute in downtown San Antonio before the pandemic, worked with the Alamo Citizen Advisory Board. He wrote devotionals for Our Daily Bread. That's a Mm -hmm. um, platform that a lot of our listeners will be familiar with. Um, Very important voice in both the black community and just the Christian community at large. And I, I think, I mean, so many people are kind of lamenting this, this sudden, this sudden, sudden loss. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, 
an author, a pastor, a scholar, an advocate. Yeah. Uh, he has a wife and, uh, mm. yeah, his, his father is still alive. It looks like, and what a loss, what a terrible, terrible loss. Yeah, really, really devastating. You can read his book, Unshakable Faith, African-American Stories of Redemption, Hope, and Community um, over at Our Daily Bread, Mm -hmm. or I think you can order it from them as well. So Catherine, anytime that uh, Brian and I cover stories of losses like these, we we always like to reflect on not only the legacy of the person that we've lost, but what our own legacy might look like. Oh, wow. And so when we're, um, you know, by the grace of God, it's our 80th birthday party and you know people are people are hopefully giving toasts and celebrating (laughs) like what what do we want them to have felt from us or seen from us or like what's the legacy that we want to be celebrated for on that 85th birthday oh, wow we like to say birthday instead of like funeral because it's yes. a little less depressing <laughs> you know well and um, it would be nice to hear how you've impacted yeah i, I sometimes yes. agree <laughs> right. that we wait until someone is gone before we list all the many ways that they impacted our life it's so true. Mm-hmm. I, we have some good friends who on family members' birthdays, they make it a practice to go around and just say like wonderful things about that person. Aww. Like they go around the room, you know, yeah. and each person says something about the birthday person and and almost like giving them a birthday blessing, but really reflecting on them personally. Like, here's something I love and appreciate about you. And I'm like, that is a great tradition. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so Catherine, as you, I'm putting you on the spot here, but as you think about you know, what you want to be remembered for, celebrated for on your 85th birthday. Mm. What are those things? Well, I think, oh man, nothing like putting me on the spot here. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I would like to be known as a good friend, a Mm -hmm. faithful, whatever it is that, you know, whether it's daughter or wife or mother or friend or colleague that I was known Mm -hmm. for being faithful in that area. Christian, of course, obviously a faithful Christian. Um, And then I think I would love for people to have felt that they had a lot of fun with me and that they learned Mm. from with me or learned with me and Mm. that they felt compassion from me. I think those, Mm. those are the three things. That they had fun. That's really good. That they learned something. Yeah. And that yeah. that they felt compassion. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little unfair because Brian and I have had this conversation it is very quite unfair. a bit. So I, I feel <laughs> I feel maybe ready to answer and this. I so. did not know you were gonna ask me that before you asked it. So that was totally off the cuff about my yeah, legacy. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was great though. That was a really that was a really good answer. Um one thing that I that I'm always struck by is I do want um, I do want people around me to feel very loved, mm-hmm. especially my family um, and my dear friends. Like I want them to feel like she was, um, yeah, she loved me wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. unconditionally. And I know I don't always do that. That's why I, I think about it as a legacy goal. But what's interesting to me, anytime I, in this conversation always gives me some perspective because I don't necessarily care if people are like oh i read her books and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah oh she did this this and this right. like it really i really do feel like at the heart of the in my heart 
what I want is for my people to have felt very loved. Yes. And even for people I interact with to have felt like she treated me with respect and empathy. And um, I think that can be helpful for me to consider because I, and I think you can connect with mm-hmm. this, Catherine, but as a, as a driven person or someone who feels like I do need to achieve and do the next thing and do the next mm-hmm. thing and do the next thing, thinking about uh, my 85th birthday, like it kind of puts those achievements back in their proper perspective. Yeah. I guess that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. I mean, I still want to work hard and help provide oh, yeah. for our family and, and do, you know, do work that I feel like God has called me to do for the kingdom. But at the end of the day, I just feel like, but at the end, have I loved, mm-hmm. have I loved people? Yeah. Like that feels like yeah. a legacy I want to leave. I watched uh, Encanto last night with my daughter. We had a, oh, a mommy yeah. daughter evening Fun. and I'd seen it before, but what really struck me yeah. this time around was the realization that it they were so caught up in the miracle that they forgot who the miracle was for. And I think that's kind of what you're saying that yeah, all these other yeah. things that we do are great. They're wonderful. Yeah. In fact, we're doing them for our families uh, mm-hmm. as long as we don't lose sight of, of who it's for. Yeah. And that can be true yeah, about ministry too. That's good. So yeah, that can be. Did you talk about Bruno? Is really <laughs> probably the most we did talk the about the most Bruno. important question. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. All right. Well, again, reflecting on the life of Carrie Lattimore, you can read about him at Christianity Today. This is so fun. This is like a room full, a studio full of some powerful women. <laughs> we are joined by Kelly Olson, who is a very good friend. Kelly is the co-founder and uh, one of the partners of the Baton Pass, which is a ministry that tells overcomers that their voice matters, connects individuals, and empowers women to find God in their stories. And the Baton Pass has a very exciting event coming up next week. We are so excited to tell you about. So Kelly Olson, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much, Aubrey and Catherine. Thanks for having me. I love spending time with you in any place. And if it's on air, great too. Uh, But thank you so much for the opportunity. I am so excited about everything that God's doing through the Baton Pass right now. Uh, We are so passionate that your story has power. It's ironic that I get to be here now and uh, that Aubrey had such a uh, integral role in speaking over the Baton Pass and saying, let's make mm. this happen. Uh, right after we launched, the Me Too movement came out. And wow. uh, or the Me Too movement really took uh, momentum. Yeah. And that was just affirmation that if one person shares the, their story, it gives voice to everyone else. Yes. And with the Me Too movement, that was obviously a specific scenario. And mm-hmm. uh helping women that were in abusive situations uh, be able to give them a voice. But there's so many other women that are suffering, women that have gone through miscarriages. And that was my story in 2016, that until I Mm. spoke up and said I had a miscarriage, I didn't know that anyone around me did. Hmm. And uh, then just hmm. realizing, too, that I had friends that were uh, struggling with uh, issues in their marriage. And I had friends that uh, had lost a child. And I wanted to connect all these different women, those that had overcome with those that uh, were yeah. in the pit of it and in that quiet place of desperation so that they could see someone that had been where they were at, but that God had moved them along in their story and that God was still redeeming and writing their story. And so it just became my passion to connect those individuals. And I uh, prayed and talked to friends like Aubrey and asked, how can we do this? And so we've been doing this for the last four and a half years. 
through hmm. events all across the Chicagoland area. And because of 2020, we uh, then pivoted, of course, to online events. Mm. And we had over 100 women on some of our virtual events across the country, which now has stemmed passion or spurred on passion within different cities for women to launch Baton Pass chapters in different cities. Wow. So I'm actually in Phoenix, Arizona today and meeting it's with so the women awesome. of Phoenix and that Baton Pass chapter. And they've already had multiple events out here, uh, dozens of women impacted, uh, multiple stories shared and connections made. So uh, we're excited about this next chapter of the Baton Pass in which we are launching chapters in different cities and helping create so hubs cool. where authentic connection can happen. So Absolutely. Cool. Wow. That's so, this is exciting. I'm very on board with the power of story and I love the healing that has happened as I've connected with my own story. And as I've listened to others, yes. um, I'm sure our listeners are, are thinking something similar. What, what would you say is a first step for someone who is wanting to get in touch with their own story or really connect with other people around their stories? Yeah, that's great. Uh, we would love to connect with you if you are interested because we actually have a program called Deployed and it's helping others mm. uh, discover and develop their story um, so that they can share it in whatever way that they want. A lot of ways that we encourage. So it's a seven week course that our uh, vice president and director of the Phoenix chapter uh, takes women through. Her name's Angela Mancini. She's so gifted and she takes women through the seven week She's course awesome. in which they start with these raw ingredients of their story and she guides them through the process of finding where God mm. met them in their story so that they can share it in a way that's empowering to others and healing to them. Wow. Mm. That's amazing. That's so, so, so just cool, a couple Kelly. quick well, tips. You have oh, yeah. a, Oh yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. A couple of quick tips around sharing your story. If you're not sure of where to start or where to start writing, two ways that we encourage women is you can just start writing a dear younger me letter or dear former mm. me, Love um, that. so that you can speak mm. back to the the wounding or the pain or the shame in your life and and speak to that woman because that woman is someone else. And therefore, in writing that, you can actually help mm. others, but it's healing for you as well. Mm. Uh, and then you can also answer the question, my heart beats for. And typically what your heart beats for is based off of a life experience that you've had and your story is probably rooted in what your heart beats for. Mm. Oh, it's so good, Kelly. I love all that you're doing uh, at the Baton Pass. Okay, I want to get into some details because you have a very yes. exciting event coming up yes. next week that I want our listeners to hear about and find out how they can get tickets. So tell us all the details about your praise party. Yes, we are so excited. On Tuesday, August 9th in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, right next to the Now Arena, there is an outdoor venue, concert venue called The Hideaway. And it is absolutely amazing. It's one of the funnest hidden gems within the Chicagoland area. And Go Promoters has partnered with us for multiple events. Go Promoters is a Christian concert company that uh, we actually, Aubrey spoke at an event back at Pinstripes. We had like 140 mm. some women there. And we brought that in- Awesome. A couple artists, John and Valguera from yeah. uh, Vertical Worship. And mm -hmm. uh, Go Promoters helped us bring it in. Last summer, we did a concert with Melanie Waldman from uh, Nashville, and Go Promoters helped us bring it in. Well, we just got established as a 501c3. 
Hmm. And so we are now able to expand and do these chapters. So Go Promoter said, we want to host a concert for you. Your first like fundraising, official fundraising event. Wow. A hundred percent of the ticket sales will go to help launch more cities uh, with the baton pass. And so That's so exciting. Yes, every single dollar. Like you buy a $25 ticket, $25 goes to That's the baton amazing. pass. So we and we get to pick the artist. So wow. as we get the lineup, Blanca, who was Who's nominated amazing. yes for the Kayla Fan Awards as the female artist of the year. She sings a song right now, The Healing with Dante Bo. Oh, uh, I love but that I song. saw her when she was part of Group One Crew. And she shared her testimony at this concert. And it's part of like why I wanted to launch the Baton Pass. So it's like a little seed that was planted 10 plus years ago. And Come now Blanca is going to be here in Chicago. And then we started praying, okay, who can open for her? And I got to experience for a city worship through a friend. And I was like, okay, wow. they, mm. they are the key ingredient to start the party, the praise party. They're going to bring it. It's just, yeah, they're amazing. They have a vibe of their own own and then we're going to roll into blanca wrapping up the night so it's from 7 to 9 15 p.m it's family friendly uh and we're we're so excited it's going to be an amazing beautiful summer night it's the perfect way for anyone to just wrap up their summer and uh be around a, a positive awesome environment and you can find tickets for uh, this concert. Again, it's next Tuesday, August 9th at gopromoters.com. It's sort of like the headline event that pops up the Baton Pass Praise Party featuring Blanca and uh, Kelly. We are so excited to hear all that God is doing through you and the Baton Pass and this event. So again, I'm going to say it one more time. Go to gopromoters.com to find out more about this event next week. A great way to end your summer, like Kelly was saying, as a family. But then also, where can people find out more about you and the Baton Pass? Thank you. Uh, we would love to connect. You can go to the batonpass.com and uh, we have information there. You can follow us at the baton pass on Instagram. Uh, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can email me at the baton pass at gmail.com. I would love to connect. We have fall mm-hmm. events coming up where uh, so the concert is all ages, men and women. Uh, our events coming up in the fall are for women. And we'll be having one in the Chicagoland area, one in the Phoenix area, and then more to come. So we'd love to get you those details. Sign up on the website for more information, and we'll keep you in the loop as to when our next event is. Kelly Olson is the founder and one of the partners at the Baton Pass, a ministry that's committed to encouraging overcomers that their voice matters connecting individuals and empowering women to find God in their stories. Kelly, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for the honor to be here. I appreciate it. Um, Catherine, one of the things, and in fact, if you heard that music when we began uh, just a minute ago, one of the things we like to do here on The Common Good is something we call Grinds My Gears. <laughs> and um, Grinds My Gears is essentially this. I think you've actually been on it for Grinds have, My Gears before. Yes. But l- l- we'll tell the listeners. This is where, you know, we basically, because someone gave us a microphone for some reason, we just vent about petty, yeah. shallow things. So yeah. Grinds My Gears, we want to be clear. We cover hard things on this show. We've, we talked about human trafficking yes, earlier indeed. in the show today. We talked about inflation earlier in the show today. So we Grinds My Gears, we talk about, I mean, on The Common Good, we talk about difficult, hard topics. This is not that. 
Okay. This is where you're complaining. Like some of our most famous examples are you're complaining about dogs in strollers. You're complaining <laughs> about like paper straws. Like we're not, none of this is serious. We understand like human trafficking is evil. The war in Ukraine, horrible. Like yes. there are terrible things going on in the world. This is not that moment. This okay. is petty, shallow venting because we have a mic. So we are just really leaning into our privilege privilege in this segment and just absolutely okay absolutely not checking our privilege at all got it not at all you've got the heart of grinds my gears okay i am ready to complain okay right so should do would you want to go first or should i go first and kind of set the stage well you know i kind of started earlier in the show when (laughs) i realize that since today is wednesday you are going to continuously use that phrase i guess i'm going to go ahead and say it hump day <gasps> Brian Fromm, Catherine just said it. <laughs> Brian Fromm, she said it. <laughs> but I didn't say it genuinely. You know, I said it yeah. to complain about it. I don't know why anybody ever says that. But okay, if that's the cost of doing business here on the show, you know, it's for the common yeah. good, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, but okay, that really so... grinds my gears. Okay, and the fact we... that Brian is making an issue of it really <laughs> grind. Brian and I might need to do like a head to head. Yeah, I actually would really enjoy seeing that. That okay. needs to happen. Okay, I I think I have reasons, and probably I mean I think I have guesses, and I'm guessing some of them we can't say on the radio. Why the phrase Hump Day bothers you so much? <laughs> Uh, but can you give any sort of very delicate dance around why <laughs> you're not a big fan of Hump Day? Well, I mean, yeah, as you're implying, it is a phrase that could mean more than one thing. Yes. Um, but it also just sounds so dang stupid to me. You know, <laughs> words matter to me. Yeah, and yeah. What does that even mean? Like it's a little cheesy for you. Uh, or something. Yeah. It's yeah, just, it okay. grinds my gears, Aubrey. It that's all I have gears. to say. That's, I don't have I mean, to say anything more than that. It grinds my gears. You don't. Okay. I'm going to vent about technology okay. in my grinds my gears session. Okay. okay. So the first thing is this, and I, I downloaded the new version of Google Chrome because my computer has been asking me to for probably two years and I keep hitting, no, later, later. (laughs) Finally, I broke down and did it. Because of that, it is now an unrecognizable browser on my computer or internet or what have you. And I am, and look, I'm telling you, I've done the research. I can't figure out the answer. I'm not an idiot. I'm not a fool. I am signed out of my email every single time and I have to sign back in every single time and I have one of those crazy passwords that's unguessable so I don't even remember it so then I'm having to go to my password app and I mean I used to just be able to stay signed into my email and like every once in a while sure I had to sign in yeah but now it's every single time and I am very annoyed it's causing me to think very bad thoughts and say Ooh. bad words in oh. my mind like I'm I am unhappy with this situation and I don't know what to do about it. And I'm telling you, I've done the research. I can't, I can't solve the problem. Man, I bet that that really grinds grinds your gears. That grinds (laughs) my gears. Okay. Here's the other thing that grinds. Here's the other thing that grinds my gears. Okay. Facebook or Meta recently announced that they're changing their Facebook, uh, kind of the way the platform works. It's now going to run more like TikTok or Instagram reels. Not again. Yes. So not again is a great point because they changed their algorithm so consistently that no one can figure out what the heck 
this algorithm is Ugh. once you begin to make sense of it they change it no. and i'm sure there's some like marketing reason for that but the fact that it's going to be all videos i already feel i mean facebook i know is kind of like the dinosaur of the social right. media platforms i understand like our children are not on facebook and sometimes i i don't spend a lot of time on facebook myself so sometimes i'm like am i done with facebook oh. and yet i really feel done with facebook thinking it's a video only platform because i barely make videos oh aubrey i feel this grinds my gears thank i did you. not know about this but thank you i am feeling super irritated right now because yeah. some of us really rely on facebook to keep in touch with family and extended family mm -hmm. and to keep our businesses afloat yes and you know i get that all the cool hip gen zers are on tiktok etc yeah. they are but all the really cool Gen Xers mm -hmm. are on Facebook, and I feel like they should just own that. Because yeah, just let us be who we are, Facebook. Yeah, give it's us, okay to be a Gen Xer space. Give us the product that we need. And by the way, isn't this always a Gen Xer problem? Like yes. our whole lives, we've been overlooked, and so now even our own platform, they're kind of like, "Yeah, you're not. We don't care anymore about you, Gen Xers. We're oh. we're." Moving on to the little ones. Okay, you know what? That reminds me of something else that grinds my gears. Oh, good. I love this. Tell when me, tell did me. Kia become Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> Have Wait, you noticed what? this? The Pardon? new the, the car the car <laughs> yes. Kia their yes. new little uh, decal logo? that's on their uh -huh. on the backs of their cars looks uh -huh. like the logo for Nine Inch Nails to me. Pardon and so me. Okay, you I'm have to see it now. You'll never not see it. Yeah. But every time I see it, I think Nine Inch Nails. Oh right, that's the new Kia one. But then I automatically oh, right. go to. They did not put a single Gen Xer in their focus group. They obviously Clearly didn't because we all would have said Gen that looks Xer like Nine Inch Nails. Was that, on their focus group. Catherine, that also grinds my this gears. So thank you, grind for, your thank gears. you for bringing that up. All right. Well, those are the things that, grinds, <laughs> that grind our gears. I'm going to say just one more very quick one. We can okay. talk about this later. It, with the algorithms on Facebook changing, also Twitter and Instagram have changed their algorithms this no. week. And suddenly I'm getting... <gasps> Like only ads or only people I never interact with? And like, where are my friends? Like, I'm not even finding you on Instagram. And what? I, that, gr that grinds my gears as well. So, social media and Kia and Hump Day and Gen you X. grind our gears. Yep. Yeah. You grind our gears this week. It is the end of the show. And at the end of every show, we love to bring you something inspiring, challenging, or something to put a smile on your face. And one of the places we like to go to find some of that wisdom, that content, is by a guy named Tim Challies. Tim Challies is a blogger and a pastor. And hmm. um, Catherine Bryan introduced Tim Challies to me. I hadn't heard of him before. He writes over at challies.com. Um, but his story is really painful one because uh, his son, on his way, like about to go to college, just oh, suddenly dropped dead. Oh, no. And so he is writing from a place of pain, hmm. um, but someone who's remaining very faithful to God in the midst of their pain. And I think I've said this on the show before, but I just tend to gravitate yes. to those voices. Yes. Because you feel like they're, they sort of know the secret that you don't know. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they, they just have hard-earned wisdom. They've got that fi fighter's <clears throat> prize type of faith that is so... Um, worth listening to yeah, learning I always, from i always feel so honored to be able to listen to and learn from people who have gone all the way through the dark valley mm. and come back out again yeah there's yeah. just that's where the true wisdom is 
I agree. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's so that's so true, Catherine. So he's writing about what it looks like to cast your burden upon the Lord. And and here's what he says. So much of what we experience in this life is so very heavy. So many of the burdens God calls us to carry are so tremendously weighty that they threaten to crush us mm. to the dust. We bear the weight of our own sin and depravity, the shame of doing evil, the pain of failing to do good. We mm. bear the weight of other people's sin and depravity as they hurt and harm us. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes purely inadvertently, we bear the weight of griefs and losses, of illness, of sorrows, of unhealthy bodies and infirm minds, of broken relationships and shattered dreams. We all at times stagger under the weight of all we are made to bear upon our weak shoulders. Which, I mean, that's just the first paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's, I would say, true. Yes. And then he talks about... um, in those times, turning to God for help. And he's specifically talking about Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he mm. will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And he says, we are to take one specific action cast. He says, we are to throw or hurl or toss our burdens mm. to the Lord. And then what I think is really fascinating, Catherine, we can unpack this a little bit, but he says, ultimately, God's promise is not that he will take the burden from us, but will sustain us as we bear it. Hmm. Um, t- tell me just your thoughts on this idea of casting your burdens on the Lord. Well, I'm glad that you highlighted that, actually, because that was my favorite part of the article. Um, mm. It's such an evocative image that we maybe kind of miss when we're just reading it, you know, Um yeah cast your burden on the Lord. I probably don't really think about what that means, but the way he says we are to throw or hurl or toss Mm. our burdens upon the Lord. um, That's so much more. It's so much, gives us so much more to imagine and to think about and to wrestle with. How do we do that? What does that look like? Um, One thing that strikes me is that in order to do that, like if I'm going to throw something to you, if I'm Mm -hmm. looking at the thing I'm throwing, I, I will miss, like, I'm not going to get anywhere wow. close to you, but if I'm making eye contact with you, I can probably get it in your vicinity, even though I'm not athletic mm. at all. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so in that is the implication that we aren't being distracted by our burdens. We're keeping our eyes on God. Mm, that's and, good, Catherine. And, and then we're casting. I like that mm. a lot. I really like that yeah. image. How about yeah, you? I like that. I like that image too. That's, that's really good. I, you know, it is interesting just to think about this concept of casting as so active. I think mm-hmm. that's what is maybe mm-hmm. kind of like struck me is he's saying this is one specific action you can take in those really difficult seasons. Hurl or throw or toss your burdens to the Lord. And I can imagine like even a time of prayer when you're literally imagining that burden in yes. your hand and like like physically moving your body yes. to toss it to God. And I think there's some... I'm not sure why, but I like those postures of prayer that give us some physicality to them because I think yes. a- anything our body is doing, our, our our spirit and our mind kind of catch up on. Yes. And so to have that, we don't have to be, I mean, in some of those seasons where we are so heavy burdened, it does feel mm-hmm. like there's nothing we can do. Yes. And so in one sense, it is hopeful to think, well, there's one thing we're actually called to do and can do. And that's like, like as uh with as much strength as you can muster is to give that thing to god and i i don't i'm not exactly sure why but that brings me some encouragement i guess that i don't have it to carry it alone and i don't mm-hmm. have to do nothing mhm yeah 
It's interesting that he goes on to say that God is not promising to take the burden from us mm-hmm. because if I threw something to you, I must, I don't have it anymore, you know? Yeah, um, right. So I do think that the benefit is for our bodies and our spirits to have had mm. that experience, even just in our imagination, or like you said, using your hands to toss the ball in the air, use, you know, tilting your face up to yeah. imagine making eye contact with God as you move yeah. your hands. I think that does, we still have to solve the problems. You know, we mm-hmm. still have to wake up every day and get through life during a time of suffering. But I think yeah. These little practices that are really practices of faith, their their prayer, their um, perseverance, uh, that somehow it does make the burden a bit lighter. Mm. Just reminding our bodies that God is with us. Yeah, yep, somehow you're so that right, that helps us. I want to share how he ends um, this blog post again at chalice.com, cast your burdens on the Lord. This is kind of a long quote, but I'm going to share it with you. He says, it may be good and right in God's eyes that the infertility lasts much longer than Hmm. you desire, hope and pray. It may be according to his purpose that prayers for the salvation of your spouse or child seem to go unanswered for many more years or decades. It may be consistent with his wisdom that healing does not come, that the cloud does not lift, that relief is still many months away. It may be that you will need to bear these things until the end, but either way, you can be absolutely certain as you bear, God will sustain. He means to not only sustain you, but to actually bless and better you through your tenacious, faithful obedience to generate endurance through your suffering and character through your endurance and hope through your character as he increasingly conforms you to the image of his son. He's quoting Romans 5, mm-hmm. 3. There's not beautiful. Yes, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely love that's that. Beautiful. Thank you, Tim Challies, for writing that. Well, Catherine, uh, we will be back tomorrow from we 4 will. to 6 p.m. One more day. One more day with you. So excited to have you. Then Brian will be back on Friday. For Catherine McNeil, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.